These are established international players. You do your job. They will be champions the next time Manchester City slip up. Some of the crowd have come on the pitch. They think it's all over. It's not realistic for us to win the FA Cup. It's not realistic uh, to stay in this league, but we won't give up. So we do. Hello, I'm Jim, and this is On the Left Side, the funny football show. And that is the midway point of the first half. It's a new phrase for football, Mark. Great time to score yeah. just before the drinks break. Yeah. For weeks, we've all been wondering the very same thing. What will Premier League football, without any fans, actually be like? And now, we know. Bloody weird. No, you'll never walk alone at the start of a Liverpool game. No deafening cheer from the Stretford end when Manchester United score at home. And no cacophony of booing as West Ham post in yet another disappointing lacklustre performance. It's just not the same, but still, it's good to have it back. For me, football coming back is a bit like a kebab from the night before. You love the idea of it. You remember it being great when you ate it the first time, but mm. when you return to it the next morning after a bit of a break, it's cold, it's soggy, and it's not quite as nice as you remember it being after a few pints the night before. Still, you stick with it and eat the whole bloody thing because it's all you've got and anything will do. Football, post-lockdown, it's last night's kebab. It's not bad, but the idea is better than the practice. <laughs> One of the things that seems to have really divided fans is the artificial crowd noise ripped straight from FIFA and pumped into our TVs in an attempt to make these games feel more real. Some people love it. Me? I'm just not really sure that a cheer from a crowd full of passion and release and joy can really be quite replicated by a fella pressing a button in a studio somewhere. I'd rather watch the games with the weird in-stadium silence and pretend all the games are being played in a weird sixth-form sports hall with an aggressive PE teacher. But that's only when Sean Dyche is in the touchline. You're the best with an angry ginger, I'll tell you that now. And I'm really angry. It's been a difficult week. Interestingly, for me, the players seem to have been affected a little bit by the lack of crowds too, both positively and negatively. Certainly, the usual bubbling, cauldron-like atmosphere at the Merseyside derby this weekend just gone was reduced to something akin to boiling an egg in a camping stove. Maybe that's all in our heads though, because if you listen to Andy Reid on BBC Five Live this week, he doesn't think players are bothered at all. You kind of feed off that energy from the crowd. It's not so much the individual noise, it's more the feeling and the vibrancy that you kind of get. Uh, you know, I used to take corners and used to get quite a bit of stick when I go into the corners from some of the fans. I wonder if they could have somebody standing there shouting at people taking corners. If they let somebody in, give them a little bit of stick, put them off. Now, that is something I could get on board with. Not that I think players deserve to get thrown a load of abuse whilst they're just trying to do their jobs, but I just really want to see the ad that goes in the local paper to recruit the person to hand out the abuse. Wanted. Corner player abuser. Must have a loud voice, be able to criticise players of every ethnic origin and background, have an expert knowledge of 20th century swearing, including how to operate phrases like f***ing and you f***ing shitting f***ing I certainly know if you could be perfect for that. For Andy, though, it's not just words that could be hurled at the players whilst they go about their duties. 
did someone throw a sausage roll at you once? I'm sure you've told me that before. <laughs> yeah, I took I controlled it actually really, really well. <laughs> it was still half a sausage roll left, and I was thinking to myself, I can't believe somebody's wasted a half a sausage roll there. It looked really nice. A bit of light-hearted banter, yes. Baked goods? I think it might be taking it a little bit too far. For a start, Jack Walsher is only just fit again. Last thing he needs is being taken out for another six months by a rogue piece of flaky phyllo pastry. Do you know what? I knew this kind of thing was going to happen when they decided to reopen Greg's. There is a train of thought though that truly believes that many players might react a little bit better to a bit of aggression, a bit of aggro from the crowd. And if that's the case, then surely there is only one obvious option. Stick Roy Keane in the stands, because wasp in human form Roy Keane O'Keen only seems to have got more angry, more twisted, more bitter and more frustrated during lockdown. And a fair amount of that frustration came out whilst he was enjoying, not really sure enjoying is the right word in this scenario, anyway, whilst he was enjoying United's big fixture against Tottenham Hotspur. Maguire and De Gea. I wouldn't even let him on the bus after the match. I get a taxi back to Manchester. <laughs> These are established international players. You do your job. We're trying to get in the top four. Not win leagues, by the way. We're just on about getting the top four. Shocking. I am. I am disgusted with it. Maguire, De Gea, you should hang your heads in shame. I'm just glad football is back for the sake of Roy Keane's loved ones. Imagine being stuck in the house with that for 12 weeks. Also, does he realise that a taxi is probably a step up from a bus? It's kind of like a better option, isn't it? You'd rather get a taxi than get a bus. Is he suggesting we reward the players for their performances? Also, I'd like to add that given De Gea's performance in that game, he probably struggled to catch the bus anyway. Eh? Catch it? Because he struggled to catch stuff? Proper gag, that. Punchline and everything. Actually, personally, I thought De Gea did alright in that match, which makes the rant even more crazy. I find it a little bit concerning that I'm actually starting to wonder who has the more level and reasonable views on football. Roy Keane... Well, that troops fella from Arsenal Fan TV. I don't care, fam. I think it might be the latter. I don't care, blood. You understand? It's not just players getting abuse off Keane either. Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville were chatting to Joe.co.uk's Football Spin podcast this week and they revealed that they get texts off Roy Keane mid-game to critique their performances on punditry duty. He's, he's been on the football show a couple of times. We've yeah. been on a lot more than him, so... We, uh, we know if we've started the show well because two or three times I think we both get a text off Roy whether he's happy with what we've said or he's not happy really early in the show in the first hour or something so uh, that's been quite entertaining actually uh, and sometimes when the camera comes on us we're looking down at our phone and we've been caught out a few times a lot of time that's uh, a text message off Roy if he's not particularly happy with uh, either what we've said or what, what a guest has said Amazing It's like a really shit and more angry version of that film with Liam Neeson Listen Cara I don't know what you are watching, but I don't know who you are trying to protect. But I have a very particular set of skills. Skills I've acquired after not being hugged much as a child. If you don't start slagging some players off, I will look for you, I will find you. And I will do you like I did Alf Inger Halland. It's not all aggression and negativity in football right now, though. Some footballers are trying to do some good. Marcus Rashford, for example, has been, as I'm sure you know, a driving force in combating poverty hunger in the UK and supplying free school meals to those in need. One Matter continues to encourage like-minded footballers to donate 1% of their earnings to help end world poverty. And Arsenal's Hector Bellerin 
Well, he says he's going to plant a few trees. No, genuinely, this is a good cause and a very worthy one as well. And he announced it on Twitter by saying... For every Arsenal game we win this season, I will plant 3,000 trees to help combat the carbon emissions issues we have. Follow the link to learn more on how you can get involved by planting a tree with me at One Tree Planted. Brilliant. So how many trees is that? Let's work it out. So 3,000 trees per Arsenal victory. Carry the one, multiply eight. Take off the 34%, move that to that column, times that by, okay. So all Arsenal's wins times 3,000 trees. I make that between now and the end of the season, probably about zero trees. You do have to wonder, considering the Gunners were starting to look a little bit better before lockdown under Mikel Arteta, and the only real change is this pledge from Hector, whether the new Arsenal boss just hates trees. Maybe he suffered from terrible hay fever as a child. Right now, it looks like potentially the worst charity pledge of all time. Up there with Jose pledging to give Oxfam money every time he takes the blame for something, or Graham Souness sticking a few quid in the RNIB box if he ever slags off a player who isn't black, or David Louise giving a fiver to help the aged whenever he does something on a football pitch at some point that isn't totally and utterly catastrophic for his own team. In other words, his money is safe. Finally, on today's show, I want to give you a little glimpse into the inner workings of On The Left Side by telling you a little bit about something from the show last week that didn't make the final cut. You probably saw the story about former Liverpool winger John Barnes posting a picture on social media that contained pornographic images. The image in question was a screenshot of a camera roll and it was one of the images below the main one where you could see boobs and willies and stuff. It was an accident and Barnes duly apologised for his mistake. Although, bit sloppy that mate. Gonna save dodgy images in your phone, create a secret subfolder called definitely not pictures of fannies or something like that. No one will ever find it. However, just days later, another image circulated online, which showed Barnes doing a live Zoom chat on breakfast telly with the standard edition Zoom call bookcase behind him. However, instead of the carefully considered collection of books that you normally have to make you look super clever, there was a big stack of porn DVDs behind him, which is obviously brilliant for a show like this one. We had loads of gags written about how he liked to see one being shot into the hole or how he was a big fan of two up front, but it turned out the image was doctored. It was fake. The story was fake. And Johnny did not, in fact, appear on TV with some grotty DVDs behind him. Which is a real shame, because we couldn't use any of those gags. We couldn't even use a specially rewritten version of the rap from World in Motion which was a real shame. It was a shame because a new version went something like this. We want Paul. Some of the crowd have come on the pitch. They think it's all over. It's everywhere. You've got to hide your porn and watch it at the right time. Make sure it's not on show when you're chatting online. Be it bondage or hentai or films giving head. When you're logging to a meeting, hide it under your bed. Screenshot me if you can, cause I'm the porn tweet man. And what I'm looking at is a Twitter ban. I'm not ashamed of my dodgy DVD. But you don't need to see them when I'm on your TV. We want more collections. Collections! We want Twitter. We want porn. 
Make sure you don't show them to your mum. Some of the crowd have come on the pitch. They think it's all over. The centre circle, the goals, it's everywhere. Oh, it's a real mess. But like I said, it was all a fake story. So, it will never see the light of day. Right, thank you very much for listening to On The Left Side. We'll be back next week with another episode of Football Funny. And now there's actually football going on. There's loads to talk about. Click subscribe so you don't miss that episode. Find us on Twitter at On The Left Side and we will see you soon for more stuff like this. On The Left Side is written and produced by Ant McGinley and Jim Salverson. This room is like a bloody sauna.